It doesn't matter if you've been naughty. Wander will think you're nice. What is that thing? It appears to be some kind of prison. Wander over yonder. What's happening? Part of Holiday Lockjam. Brand new Thursday night at 8 on Disney XD. one and all to the podcast without a cool acronym the podcast where we review disney television animation shows i'm your host Chandler doshay and joining me on the podcast today via zoom we have some good friends jonathan harm hello diego la camera hello and Lyndon kanoki hello yeah we're recording this pretty late so we kind of wanted to just jump right into it um today we're talking about um, the 2013 show from Craig McCracken, Wander Over Yonder. Um, the show about the friendliest face in outer space, played, of course, by Jack McBrayer. He's just a hopeless, hopeless optimist. He rides around space with his kickbutt space horse named Sylvia, and they just do a bunch of stuff. Um, has anyone here actually seen the show before today? Not me. I wasn't, I wasn't no. like a devout follower of it, but I have seen some episodes of it. So. Yeah, I wasn't uh, like I wasn't a diehard fan of the show, and it seems like a lot of people aren't considering the fact that it was kind of hard for me to find people that uh, were going to be on this podcast because a bunch of the people that I asked were like. Uh, well, I would love to, but I haven't really seen that much of the show. I'm like, well, like, you don't have to have seen that much of it. It's fine. But Disney's uh, Disney and Disney XD's scheduling of it is probably why a lot of people haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, Diego, what about you? Well, I haven't seen, I honestly haven't seen much of it. But what I, the reason why I wanted to do this is because I, whenever I've come across someone who's, who's watched wonder over yonder people passionately love that show and i found i find that this podcast is a very good place to sort of jump in and watch some really good shows uh so yeah i was kind of thinking about that you know we haven't really reviewed anything that any of us have not liked it's all been just good quality stuff and this is no exception um this is just a really fun creative show so i want to talk a little bit about Craig McCracken and kind of his career, what led to this show. So he worked on Hanna-Barbera stuff and then eventually ended up working on um, Dexter's Lab with Gendy Toskowski. I know I probably pronounced that name wrong, but Gendy, everyone knows Gendy, of course, for Dexter's Lab and a bunch of other stuff. He did uh, Primal on Adult Swim. There's probably other shows I'm forgetting. And also that Popeye movie that Sony was going to do. Oh, and Hotel Transylvania. And that Popeye movie that Sony was going to do that's actually back in production, thank goodness. So that's exciting. Nice. You know, the one that there was that really cool trailer for that they ended up saying, oh yeah, you know that we were going to make this? Well, it's canceled. Well, apparently it's back. So good news for everyone because that looks cool. And then, of course, Craig McCracken went off to go create the Powerpuff Girls and um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. And then in 2013, he created Wander Over Yonder for Disney, and that had two seasons, and only two seasons. And again, we'll get to that. But the episode we're talking about today is 
the gift two and the gift and the interesting thing about this is the episodes are flipped in order the gift two is the first episode and the gift is the second episode so what this is because uh, you guys came into the call asking wait so was that correct yes i believe it was because i think that was very much intentional the whole idea is you see the the end result and then you go back and see how did we get here yeah as if quentin tarantino directed it right <laughs> <laughs> well this is a common this is a common uh this is a common episode style specifically for um phineas and ferb they've done a bunch of episodes like this where you have two halves of an episode that are technically separate episodes but they take place on the same day and they highlight the same events, but they show a different perspective. And I love stuff like that. It's so creative. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Simpsons episode, 22 uh, Shorts of Springfield. And sort of that applied to... Um, different perspectives of what's going on. I, I love stuff like that. Um, the other thing is that this is technically a Christmas episode. I wouldn't say technically. I'd say it definitely is one. It definitely is, although yeah. uh, the the, fir the first half is kind of more almost almost framed like a horror movie. It, it's like a Romero. It's either a George Romero or a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go to my notes here, but I really only have notes for the first episode <laughs> or the first half of it because once you get to the second half, it's just like, okay, this is all the stuff we've seen already. But from Water's perspective, and it's just hilarious. And, uh, and did it air that way on TV? Did it air yes. part two first? Yes, it did. Okay. That was that was very much intentional. And what, um, what I liked about that was how in that first half or the gift to how it they actually kind of made Wander was like the antagonist of the story. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was it set up like a horror movie. Yeah. Um, so of course, at the beginning, it starts with um, Lord Hader, who's the who's the, the main big bad of the series, um, and he has this army of like basically they're minions, but not minions, but they all have one eye, so they're kind of like minions, and they're just as incompetent as the minions. Uh, th there's one specific gag um, in the the beginning where he's showing all of their failures. It's very much an homage to the Star Wars not the droids we're looking for seeing it's like those clearly are the people you're looking for and yeah. then just let them go not not even because of a jedi mind trick or maybe it was we don't know maybe they were resentful towards lord hater as later you know, with the whole you know be nice to you and you know i think I definitely it's it seems like such a thankless job that it ultimately is a story of Hey, reward your employees and they'll put more into their work ultimately so, so yeah would back... it actually work if we gave a bunch of letters to amazon workers and signed jeff bezos's name that's the question mm, yeah no not so much <laughs> yeah. uh the watchdogs is what they're called can't ever do anything right and as as if to prove his point they're not even in the conference room he's he thinks he's yelling at them at. They're in a different conference room. And um, only, only one of them actually made it to the correct conference room. He goes and starts yelling at them and then notices one of them is 
not doing anything but just standing in a corner he's like what, what what's wrong with you why aren't you cowering in fear and he's transfixed with joy the watchdog is transfixed with joy over having been given a gift the, the other thing that was kind of funny is it's like because of course anything that involves a um quote unquote contagion of some sort is going to end up being like oh hey this is kind of 2020 relatable isn't it <laughs> like oh this is gonna spread throughout the entire ship i'm like yeah you need to contact trace that so is that a running gag that 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 group of people like doesn't have any happiness or like joy is that running in the show well no the running gag is that they're kind of not very good at their job for Uh, a good chunk of it and oh yeah like they went to the wrong conference room yeah well like hater in general is kind of uh kind of an incompetent evil leader like well it's not so much that he's incompetent he just has a a crew that's not very good at what they do so so it takes the trope of the dopey sidekicks that every 90s disney villain had and turns it into like a thousand of them kind of basically yeah Yeah. they're they're, they are kind of like minions except much more tolerable than the minions yeah um yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, kind of reminds me of uh, the character in um, in uh, the Buzz Lightyear Star Command uh, like TV movie that's sort of like um, with the the clipboard just trying to go eh, hey there, sir this is uh, sir this is uh, what's going on. Hater kind of is like this generic evil villain in a lot of ways, and the, what really makes him a great antagonist for the show is just how unrelentingly nice Wander is all the freaking time. That's kind of just the basis of the whole show is that no matter what happens, Wander is absolutely, he's like even more optimistic than Milo Murphy. Even Milo Murphy has oh, yeah. his moments where he gets kind of like, okay, I'm a little burned out from all of this. It's like, what? You know, why, why did the squirrels eat, eat, eat my sandwich? That's not even something that they eat. That's just weird. See, in the reality of this show, the way Wonder is, is perfect. <clears throat> but I will say in real life, if you're infinitely nice, it turns into kind of what the infinitely nice guy in the good place is. People start taking advantage of you. So the episode that I watched earlier was called The Nice Guy. And in that one... Wander and Sylvia have stopped at basically a gas station to refill their um, their bubble thing that they use to float everywhere. Um, and Sylvia is absolutely parched and asks Wander to go get a soda for her. But the simple act of getting a soda at a gas station turns into this Herculean quest for him because every single time he's about to get the soda, he ends up having to do something nice for someone else that ends up setting him, putting him all the way to the back of the line or setting him back or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it takes forever. And, but the, the resolution of that one was really sweet because at the end, um, he sees a little girl that really wanted the, the last one of this soda that he has for Sylvia. And he ends up giving it to her. And then the little girl gives it to Sylvia because she thought that Sylvia looked thirsty. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I've seen that one a uh, few times, and yeah, it's like Wander doesn't—he doesn't get. Yeah, he won't. Like I said before, yeah, he won't get mad at anything. I think he did get kind of like sad a few times because he didn't accomplish his goal of helping Sylvia, but he didn't give up though. 
To my knowledge, Wanderer will never have a get on the trike moment like Phineas did. I mean, he even mopped the whole store. <laughs> he mopped the whole store, <laughs> he exactly. He mopped the whole store. For the um, so continuing on with this episode, yeah, it's basically just chaos um, once the whole ship is taken over by the the joy that Wander has brought in by giving everyone presents like a freaking present ninja. Happy. Um, Happy, happy, happy. Uh, and of course, Hater um, jettisons himself the hell out of there. And there's some really funny gags where he goes to different planets and Wanderer still finds him. And then finally, um, he lands in this cabin that he barricades himself in and Wander and Sylvia still find him. And then the watchdogs come down and actually like rescue him and give him a nice fuzzy blanket and some cocoa. He's like, wow, you guys did something really good for a change. And hey, this cocoa is really good. And they're all like, yeah, it's all because of, it's all because of the gifts you gave us. And that sets up the first half of the episode, which is actually the second half of the episode where once every 365 Miltidian cycles, a cluster of interstellar temporal neutrinos collides with a passing dimensional space vortex, resulting in a massive chronal jet stream. So, what's in the box? And we use it to travel across the universe in a single day, giving gifts to everyone we've met over the past season of our lives! Yeah, this is the setup for our Christmas special. And... Of course, at the end of that, Wander's like, well, we got to give presents to all the watchdogs and Lord Hater, because that's where we've spent more, you know, we've had more adventures there than anywhere else. And so then, like I said, like, like I said, you kind of see how everything in the first half happened. Yeah, Yeah. one thing I liked about how they did it is they didn't just there was a few times where they just reused some animation, but they didn't just reuse everything. They actually reanimated it to the same audio from a different angle. Right. The boarding of this was genius. It was so well done. And uh, the other thing I want to I want to give a shout out to is just the the background animation throughout this whole show. This whole show looks incredible. It, it's yeah. gorgeous. The animation Gorgeously is animated. amazing. And I do have something to say about the animation. I had a very cringy thought while watching this because oh, no. I think it looks really great for the angle that they're going to for and just it looks good in general to have them speak from their eyes like their eyes just sort of smush around as they speak. yeah yeah and it looks cute and I'm thinking okay this is uncreative Disney company they're gonna make a live action remake and they're going to oh try to have the big eyeballs speak and make them look cute, and it's going to be the most cringe thing in the world. You know what, though? Uh, I think at this point, the fans of the show would actually be okay with that because it would mean they would get something. It, it would mean that they at least acknowledge that the show existed. Yeah, yeah. because, well, then we'll come back to this, but basically Disney kind of dropped the show like a hot potato after season two. It hasn't really mentioned it since then, although it's on Hulu now because for some reason it's not on Disney+, Plus, and I... Honestly, don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Take yeah, it up it really with everybody else. Make any sense? Because I think I have seen the XD name. Yeah, I think I have seen like uh, AFV is on Disney Plus. It's like that. 
really wasn't a Disney show. I, you know, that could be on ABC. Yeah, like AFV could be on Hulu and oh, Wonder could be on Disney Plus. I'm glad you put Once yeah. Upon a Time in Wonderland on Disney Plus, but uh, nobody's going to watch that show because it got canceled because it sucked. Uh, so anyways, there, there was a show that actually, even though Once Upon a Time kept running, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland got canceled after one season because it was a nightmare. It was a fever dream. It, it was like... And this is another example of okay, maybe animation is the better medium for this because holy crap, the CGI they had in this because once about a time used plenty of CGI, but it used it in moderation. And the sequences that they did it were that they did CGI with, like anything with like the dragons, for example, were very well done. They were very creatively shot and executed. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland looked like a fucking Robert Rodriguez movie, and I do not mean that in a good way. Oh. Like, it looked like Spy Kids 3D. It looked really bad. Oh, and they don't or have... Or Spy a... Kids 4. Yeah, they don't... Uh, Ricardo Montalban won't save this Won't save this show. Sorry. No, no. Sorry, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Uh, but oh, back to the episode the we were talking about. Air? So, Wander Over Yonder first aired in 2013, and the last episode came out in 2016. Okay, so Disney doesn't really give a crap about it, but it has a, a, a fan base. Yeah, and Craig McCracken's yeah. moved on to Netflix, and I don't blame him for that. Mm-hmm. He's working on a new show called Kid Cosmic now, so mm-hmm. nice. that should be good. Um, so continuing on with the, the episode, so it kind of ends, the, the, the second half of the episode ends at a further point than the first half does, because mm-hmm. um, Hayden realizes, oh, hey, my minions actually, like, you know, care about me, so I'm going to have them take over this tower and destroy it, and it looks cool, like though. it's going to be, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be kind of a grim ending, but then they're all still just hopelessly nice like Wander is and it ends up being like a really nice cheerful ending and even Hater can't spoil that yeah yeah I like the ending yeah it was a good ending but I think I thought the ending was perfect it's it's just a really fun little Christmas special one thing to think about though is okay they they did something right when they rescued Hater but did they do something right by not tying up Wander and Sylvia very good because Wander and Sylvia just got out of that? Yeah, they can, they can get out of basically any trap. I'm not I'm not too concerned. Can't really with blame that. the watchdogs for that one. Yeah, they they yeah, Wander and Sylvia know how to get out of any kind of trap. I like the I like the reference to the Grinch, you know, the, the town. Yeah, the, the town aesthetic. looks very much like a Dr. Yeah. Seuss town. And that's probably just as well because Water looks like Water and Sylvia look like creatures from a Dr. Seuss book. Does this make uh, Wander Over Yonder the best Dr. Seuss adaptation outside of Green Eggs and Ham? I was gonna say no because Green Eggs and Ham exists, but it's definitely up there with the best ones, even though it's not a Dr. Seuss adaptation. It's yes. somewhere above the Dr. Seuss episode of Nailed It and way above like Cat in the Hat and then Grinch, Jim Carrey, and then on the bargain basement, bottom floor, the worst of the worst, you have that Matthew Morrison, whatever the hell that's coming out. Wait, so that hasn't even come out yet? 
that hasn't come out yet, but it looks really bad. I mean, he said he was inspired by Joaquin Phoenix from Joker. <laughs> I am not kidding. I am not kidding. He said he was inspired by Joaquin Phoenix from Joker for that. I'm like, well, this is going to be a dumpster fire, so that's my fun. favorite. My favorite Dr. Seuss adaptation is the Chuck Jones Grinch. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. That's like that's like God tier. I mean, that's the best one, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, there's Illuminations. Um, Illuminations Grinch movie, which is just there, and then Lorac, which kind of completely misses the point. Yeah, the Lorax movie isn't very good, but it's not like terrible. It's Horton not- is. Horton Hears a Who is a good movie, but it's not a good adaptation of the book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's a good movie. I, I low-key want to see them try to make a Seussical movie. I don't know who I'd cast in it. I just, I, I think that, that would be way more fun than Cats, that's for sure. Even if but it I, was I some think... CGI monstrosity, it would at least be better than, than Cats. Wonder Over Yonder is a good, really good use of animation. Because it Absolutely. makes use of all the different liberties you can take with animation. Yes. It's the and same kind of thing we were talking about on last week's episode about the Mickey Mouse shorts. It's not afraid to be a cartoon. It is unapologetically yeah. a cartoon, and it excels at that. And mm. I love that. Yeah. And I love, I just love seeing, like, the different, like, the characters' different poses and how each each character reacts differently or has a different movement uh uh to to an event and it yeah yeah and, the... and showing emotion with just a big eyeball that's yeah, way, exactly. that's, that's, that's even better than mike wazowski and and it just it goes i know a lot of people don't like the nostalgia critic but like there's a quote from him where he said if it looks cute in a drawing doesn't mean it looks cute in real life oh of course <laughs> And of it course. Just, just while watching this, I was thinking, I'm like, this is why live action remakes of Disney animated classics are stupid. They're animated for a reason. <laughs> I yep, dread the exactly. Pinocchio. I dread the Pinocchio one, but oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> See, if if they adopted the Marwin. original, I feel like you could adapt the original Pinocchio like book into a live action, but making a live action remake of the Disney movie. There's a reason it's animated. <laughs> the best live action Pinocchio we are ever going to get is Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that one, Pinocchio was human for most of it. Because the wood effects looked really creepy. Because of course they did. But hey, Roberto Benini's doing a second Pinocchio. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> why? We don't learn from our mistakes. <laughs> We deserve this. Next, I suppose, there's going to be a live-action Phineas and Ferb with a proportional triangle (laughs) head. Proportional dome. Somebody somebody put that out on Twitter. I don't don't remember who the artist was, but they did uh, some CGI of how Phineas and Ferb would look in real life or whatever. They surprisingly made them look cute at Magic Kingdom. Which is really hard to do, but they yeah, those these... weren't that bad. Yeah. Those weren't that yeah. bad. Disney Infinity looks fine as a 3D rendering, um, but trying to do anything like that in live action is a fool's errand. Oh, like yeah. the uh, the costumes that 
they had for their what was it the uh the live show the live oh my show. god like the that eyes that tour. were like it's half the size of the head like the eyes were huge imagine if you tried to do wander over yonder as live action like how would that even work none of these things are even remotely humanoid smudging yeah. eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> oh god then it would look like a robert Rod- it would look like shark boy and lava girl or something like that <laughs> I saw that in theaters. I saw Sharkboy and Lava Girl in theaters when I was a kid. I'm free. (laughs) In 3D. Yeah. Starring George Lopez as the evil whatever, Mr. Electric. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was both the teacher, the school teacher, and the, like, electric head, (laughs) which is, like, the super (laughs) bad CGI electric and it yep. had George Lopez's head in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even the weirdest thing about that movie. No, yeah. that's not no. the weirdest thing. Because it's also got his parents in like the land of milk and cookies. And then Taylor yeah. Lautner does a rap to try to put the kid to sleep. And it just, that movie is a nightmare. That, that movie is even worse than Cat in the Hat. And it's not remotely as entertaining. Cat in the Hat at least had good production design. Yeah. I mean, some of it's kind of terrifying, but it actually looks yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Are you excited for the sequel to uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl? You mean the one where they couldn't even get Taylor Lautner to come back? Because he's like, I'm done with this shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really? Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like who is this for is this for kids today is it for it's kind of like um oh what's another thing they brought back recently oh it's kind of like twilight it's like okay are are the people that read twilight back when it was popular really gonna come back to it i I guess maybe i don't know i mean there's always gonna be an audience for tween vampire romance stuff but like I don't know. I feel like we as a society have evolved past the for Twilight. Like, there's so many better stories like that out there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we need stuff but, like this for current cartoons to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We always need stuff like that for, for pop culture to make fun of. There's always going to be something to parody usually, though. Oh, of course. I, I'm just still... I'm just, still depressed that Bill yeah i i, I will say it was refreshing to see a christmas special that isn't you know the cliche christmas special of one person's not into the christmas and you have to make the one person yep. get into the christmas it's just kind of like this is the scheme that wonder's gonna do on christmas time <laughs> well in a way it kind of is you know trying to get other people into the christmas spirit even though Chris, the word christmas is never once mentioned they still well, yeah, use but it's generic not the christmas, cliche, it's christmas not, special way that they do right it's done it's done in a way where it's done in a way that is like you know wander's going to do this mission impossible style and it's gonna be like yeah. alien and it's like uh unlike like uh what's it called everything even animated shows like it's like a sitcom format where everybody's just standing around going Where's this character? Where's Chewie? Oh, I don't know where Han Solo is. <laughs> it's like the only things in this whole, or both episodes or both parts of this that really alluded to Christmas were right at 
well, at the beginning of the second part or the first part of the story where Wander kind of bursts out of that present like on top of Sylvia and there's that red red and green like confetti stuff coming out. So you got and the ending. Colors. And the ending where there's yeah. a big Christmas tree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically Whoville. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's Whoville. Yeah. That's what I was, I was like, oh, are they in Whoville? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, um, that was the perfect place to end this story is like, you know, we're just going to how it be just the most Christmassy thing ever because it's not it's it, I think it's the perfect balance because you get on, on the one hand um you have the Hallmark movies that it's like oh my gosh you turn any corner and it's Christmas it's like Christmas threw up over the entire room <laughs> like who has the time who has the time to decorate like this and you could st start watching one of those Hallmark Christmas movies and stop in the middle of it and then Pick start a different one. one. Start, in the, start it in the middle. Watch to the end, and you just watched a movie. <laughs> there are two different movies using the word snow globe with the same actress as the lead. Wait, what are these Hallmark movies? Or I, uh, I don't know if one of them was Hallmark and one of them was a different studio or what. But they are both called. One of them is called Snow Globe, and the other one is called A Snow Globe Christmas. But they are two different movies, but they both have the same lead actress. I, I I don't understand. And don't even get me started on the the Prince for Christmas movies or the 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 Christmas royalty, whatever. The the movies trying to be the princess diaries, basically. Because that is a rabbit hole we will never come back from if we start down that. So the show so like I mentioned, um, after season two, Disney kind of dropped the show like it was nothing and <laughs> yeah which is kind of frustrating because it's one of those examples where i really feel like it was the network's fault for not putting it on the main channel and sticking it on disney xd mm. yeah, you to look record, up really quick on on the wiki and see uh, yeah, were, were they just flip-flopping back and forth, putting it on Disney and then Disney XD? Because I back? remember it aired on Disney Channel a good amount, and they did advertise it a bit, so it just never really seemed to catch on for whatever reason. People who worked on it lamenting, hey, we were working on a season three. I really wish we were able to do season three. Um, yeah, but it's too late now. Um, but, you know, they moved, you know, uh, everybody's sort of moved on to do, you know, more and more projects that are of quality. And, uh, you know, at least we had two really good seasons or, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to go back and watch more. It's a fun show. Um, it's very, very much enjoyable. Season two has all these dates listed for the Disney XD premieres, but all the Disney Channel premieres all say TBA, meaning they didn't air it. So, so they never aired them on Disney Channel. They never aired season that's, two on Disney Channel. That sucks that's, so much. Like, it, it, and, it's sabotaging your own show, because of course it's going to get lower ratings on the network that nobody watches, or very at least very few people compared to Disney Channel watch, because Disney Channel has always been the flagship channel. XD's been the side channel. That's yeah. That's irritating. And, I, I, and we should never really be discouraged by shows not doing well initially because remember the original Star Trek didn't do well initially. And oh, yeah. that's one of the most famous shows ever made. 
So yeah. like, you know, this, this could be something like that. It's something that gets take, taken back to at some point. I would if, love if to think they that. realize people love it. I would love to think that. The only problem is everyone is, at this point has moved on to other things. Maybe if it did really, really well on Disney+, Plus, they um, would consider bringing it back because that's kind of what has been said about Milo Murphy's Law. If it does really well on Disney+, Plus, they could get a season three. But when everyone has moved on, and this is true for Milo as well, when everyone else has already moved on to new projects, it's much harder to bring everyone back to do a new season or something like that. I would yeah. love I would love it like even if it were a few years down the line to just do like a 30 minute special if everybody's schedules align and if they want to do it but if it's like sometime in a few, in like years down if they want to do it I mean like uh with like Rocco's Modern Life yep. they, yeah I didn't see that one but I heard it was you know it was good and in, in the spirit that one of, was really good the rocker special was really good and i haven't even really watched any of the other episodes of rocker's modern live i've just seen it same thing with invader zim i haven't really watched any of the rest of the show i've just watched the netflix movies where they brought the characters back and it was they were both really good they were both yeah. really really good and they were very easily accessible for first-time viewers yeah. It's very it's very easy to figure out, okay, this is who these characters are, these are their relationships, and go. And I think that's something that Candace Against the Universe does really well, too, is it just sets that up. It's like, this is the formula that we're not going to follow for the rest of the movie. These are the characters, these are their relationships, and go. Yeah. And really, that's what every episode of this show does, too. Just the title sequence is perfect, because it lays out everything you need to know in less than 30 seconds yeah like yeah, the one thing i really like about this show is um like all, although they don't like do a cold opening they you know they do the theme song first each episode kind of is like a cold opening before they even tell you the name of the episode and they just kind of stop, stop and like strum the, the banjo chord there while they you know put the episode name up you know yeah i think that's Most... so different and unique and it's just another thing it's like this show is quirky it's a quirky show it's it's very different from anything else that's been yeah, on because like everything else they put the, you know, the episode title card before the, before any animation is shown <laughs> or they put the episode name right as it's fading in but yeah this one they, they like wait like 30 seconds to even tell you what the name of the episode is yeah it's, it kind of does function like a cold open and i, I really like that this is it's it's a very unique show. There's not a show that's even remotely like it that's been on Disney Channel or Disney XD. And maybe that's kind of why it didn't do as well because it couldn't really find its footing on that sort of on that network. I feel like this would have done really well on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon yes. more than it did on here. Yeah. More, more than it did on either Disney Network. And I don't remember what shows was it going up against. Like, what was what was following it, or, or there were some it. nights where it would air after episodes of Phineas and Ferb, so it had a good lead I think in. It for did, that. Yeah, I think it did lead into Phineas and Ferb, or Phineas and Ferb would lead in. I remember, yeah. I remember there was one episode in particular that it aired right after uh, Phineas and Ferb that I watched, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I wonder what would have would have happened if they had done that more and kind of used Phineas and Ferb to try to maybe help wander out a little, but I mean, because, so, come so on, I come on. Seen Phineas and Ferb need to help Irving out with something. 
I haven't seen any of the other episodes. So does the excessive nightsness of Wander, does it ever get kind of like silly or, 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 or roll your eyes-ish? Or is it always done in a real clever way? Uh, based, based on what I've seen, it's always still just very genuine, which I think is great. Okay. I, I really, really like that. I think because wa- I feel like are, a premise like that could be turned into something like roll your eyes pretty easily. It, it could, so. it, and maybe that's why it's maybe it's almost a good thing that this didn't last longer than two seasons because it could go that way if not well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But honestly, the the writing and the comedic timing here is so well done. It's it's very very good. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. In this episode, it's very clever. And I, w- anytime that something deals with like different perspectives like that, I get my Back to the Future two vibes. Because in know, my I'm, opinion, that's one of the best uses oh, of different one, perspectives. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes uh, of the whole series was I think it was called The Breakfast, where it was a split screen. <laughs> and it was, and it was the whole, the entire episode, half the screen was Wander, the other half of the screen was Hater, and they were both getting or making their breakfast. So it was like, kind of like these, these two episodes of The Gift, except that it was happening simultaneously. Right, the whole yeah. episode. Yeah. And I don't want to say I too much. I like that. Feel too much if, uh, yeah, for who haven't seen it yet, you know, if you want to go catch that one. It, that's what I really love that the the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars crossover does too. Is it's like, yeah, this is happening parallel to what you've already seen, it's recontextualizing what you've already seen, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. At, at first, when I first started watching the second one, which is actually the first one, I didn't realize that it was going to be told from that perspective. So it was kind of a cool surprise to see. Oh, this is the same thing I just saw. Yeah. Like I said earlier, they, there's a couple of Phineas and Ferb episodes that do this. Um, the first one, I believe, was um, oh, the first one was Unfair Science Fair and Unfair Science Fair Redux, another story. Um, then they do like there's B Day and B Story. B Day and B Story. That was the first one then, that came to mind. Yeah, and the other one was Bubble Boys and Isabella in the Temple of Sap. That one. Did that one get nominated for like an Annie or something? Uh, I, I, I think one of those got nominated for an award somewhere along the way, but I don't know. Anyways, um, yes, it did. It did win the Annie Award in 2016. For, it did. Yay! Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a good one. I love I love those kinds of episodes. I love those kinds of stories where it's like, yeah, we're gonna show you two sides of what's going on, and I think. Um, the other thing, the other thing that kind of that I kind of just um, thought about it is, you know, it's it's the perfect show to have just a really fun Christmas special because you have a character that's just so nice all the time. It's like, of course, he's gonna love the hell out of whatever holiday he's celebrating. That's well, yeah, he kind of Christmas. is like Santa Claus in a way. He basically is. Yeah. He basically yeah. is. He's just giving gifts to everyone. Yeah, I love how uh, when he was. For Peepers, the last watchdog, how he just he just kind of pulls out that present from like kind of underneath his hat or something or behind his head. <laughs> but then it was like, you know, in the other half is when you finally see why he was standing there because he had to make that bow perfect. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, I think that's about it. Not not really a whole lot else to say. Um, unless does anyone else have anything? 
watching that just makes me hate live action remakes more because it's like, <laughs> oh, this is a great yes. use of animation. Don't make yeah. it in live action. <laughs> Cartoons make you hate reality. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> or fake yeah. reality, fake nonsense CGI reality at the very least. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I loved uh, I loved every second of the sh- uh, episode. I loved the character designs. I loved. I also love the opening. I gotta say, everything you got, everything you know about these characters is just instantly in that opening. Exactly. The timing, the timing, the comedic timing and the animation timing are 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 spot on. It's so well done. It's it's so good. And And I I think I've seen in a few episodes too, and they do it in the in the beginning where they just kind of like use just a regular walk cycle animation, just recycling over, and they have the backgrounds behind them just change. And yeah, like they don't really need to. They you know they didn't need to do that, but it, it makes it so much better just seeing all the different backgrounds and all the different places. Yeah, and I God, the background art in this show is just incredible. It looks fantastic. You can you can tell they had a really fun time working on this show. Everyone involved had, had a blast making this show, and that's why it's kind of a shame that it didn't get to go longer than it did. Again, but it's so it, endlessly creative. Yeah. Again, there are you know interviews with people who worked on this uh, show who are saying, "Man, we had a great time. I wish we could have done a season three, but they pulled the plug." Yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, and it's kind of annoying when the the answer you're given for, "Well, why was your sh- why was our show canceled?" is, "Well, you didn't sell enough toys." Well, you didn't bother to give us any, so like. Yeah, I know that wasn't actually the answer, but it's like it's kind of like that. It's like, well, why didn't what why why did you cancel our show? You didn't do that well on the ratings. Well, yeah, because you put us on Disney XD. It's like uh, <laughs> it's the meme. It's the Eric Andre meme of the guy yes! shooting the other guy. Yes! Going, why would he do this? <laughs> <laughs> why would? Yeah. So. Well, why did you not watch me under Wonder Over Yonder? You killed it. Look at you killed it. You did this. No, because you did this by not giving it a better airing spot. Yeah. Uh, There's got to be a, a meme somewhere for that. It's a shame. Creativity frequently dies because people don't find it. But the good news is we'll keep chugging forward and talking about other shows that thankfully have done much better. All right. Well, I think it's just about time for everyone to plug their stuff, and then I'll tell you what we're talking about next week. Great. Um, I uh, I have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dlpictures, and my Twitter is uh, Diego LaCamera. Jonathan? uh, Okay, well, I I have uh, (laughs) nothing to plug that makes me any money, but um, (laughs) I I, uh, have my Twitter is at autohadjacent, and uh, I occasionally do some fan art and um, actually the one I just did today that you will probably see that will be a link to this podcast. Um, it's going to be the thumbnail on YouTube and I'm also going to have it on the Twitter. So everyone who okay. listens to this should hopefully have already seen the awesome artwork he did for this episode. Nice. Thank you so much for that. That was so cool. Let's see. And I have a website that, um, I have, I, I think, two really short cartoons on. I'm working on a third eventually. Yes, we've been done. working on this it's um, for it's Eddie me, on the Clock. Yes, um, uh, and uh, show it's me cartoons. Be awesome. Yep, show it, me 
cartoons.com is the domain name. He's been working on this. It's just very slow. You have a full-time um, job and you're working on a big project like this, but it's going to be awesome. We're so, yeah, I'm, I'm so drawing, excited for it. I'm in the middle of drawing backgrounds right now. I have some <laughs> rough animation done. So it's, it's getting there. It's <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll see it eventually. It'll come out at some point. Hopefully this won't take as long as like the Thief and the Cobbler or something like that. That, that is a deep cut right there. <laughs> yeah um landon i know you don't have much to plug but why don't you plug your twitter account yes my twitter account is <laughs> at obi kenoki at o-b-i-k-n-o-k-e um the only other thing i have to plug is we are currently forming a young professionals in transportation uh <laughs> network networking here in central florida so if you work in the transportation industry in central florida sign up that has nothing Yay. to do with this podcast, but <laughs> what we're working on setting up right now. You can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I have a whole bunch of videos planned over there that I'm hopefully going to be starting on soon, and I'm really excited for those whenever they come out. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on Anchor and all the other usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Starport97 on YouTube. If you want to help me out even more, you can pledge to me on Patreon. You can just search for Chandler Darrow And join us next time when we talk about Phineas and Ferb Christmas Vacation. The water, are we on there?